0: hello and welcome to wands and fronds the weekly podcast where we cover magic herbalism and more i'm nick
1: and i'm shannon
0: and we are your co-hosts and this week i'm diving into the Scorpio energy of it all, and talking about embracing the bleakness of fall.
1: Ah, love. Honestly, like, we're finally getting into some chilly weather here in LA, so it feels, like, very on-brand to be talking about it. Um, I'm talking about flax, which, you know, guys, it's, it's more than just the additive for your smoothies. Uh, common flax is also known as linseed, which is where we get linen. So we're going to be talking about it. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think flax was one of those that I was like, oh, this will be a very easy, like surface level topic. So we can enjoy talking about, you know, the abyss. And then I was like, oh shit, no, this goes deep. So I'm, I'm you're getting a cliff notes version of it, but it's a complex little dude.
0: And we love that for her, yeah. but before we do all of that, um, one little question burning my mind is: when did you feel the magic this week?
1: Oh God, you know, I after sitting and getting tattooed for four and a half hours yesterday, uh, today I'm feeling like a pork chop, so it definitely isn't today. Um, but you know, so my wedding anniversary is tomorrow. I think there's just been a lot of, you know, it's been a really great time to be thinking about everything that's changed in the last eight years. And that made me feel very powerful and magical. Just thinking about all of the ways that I've grown and, you know, the ways that like my magical practice has evolved, how far I've come, you know, just a very like sort of positive, reflective time. And I think there is something really magical about that, especially as we're kind of moving into this like dark, gloomy time of the year which i adore obviously because that's when i got married. So, you know, it's been fun.
0: Love that. Um so i actually didn't realize that today was Diwali.
1: Yeah, Diwali's but, a fun one.
0: But i literally was handing out candles last night at the bar because i just had a bunch of candles in my bag. So we were all weirdly celebrating. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I feel like, you know, when I worked at the elementary school, the Diwali celebration was one of my favorites.
0: Uh, well, and it's just like, I also, I mean, you know, as sort of a non-observing person in all of this, it's just like, I do kind of think it's fun that it's sort of like on the Easter kind of calendar where it's like a different time every year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, based on, like, you know, cycles of the moon and, uh, you know, those, like, very in tune with nature holidays as opposed to the Western idea of, like, December 25th is Christmas every year, no matter what the fuck's happening in the cosmos.
0: Oh, yeah. well, And it's, like, yeah, I love a holiday that's based on the phase of the moon, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But
1: when did, when did you... I mean, I... I can't believe that your brain just, like, knew it was, like, somewhere deep in your, like, gut you knew that it was a candle holiday.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I've just been carrying around this bag of, like, birthday candles because they're just all over the bottom of my bag. It was also someone's birthday, and I was like, I have a shit ton of candles. And then I was just handing out candles to people. So um, we definitely had a little mini Duwali celebration. Uh, At the bar I was at last night, um, without knowing, and so that was kind of fun, but also just kind of, uh, uh, again, leaning into the bleakness of it all this week has really been, uh, good for my mental health, which I will get into more here in a minute.
1: Yeah, I think it makes sense though. I'm like, I'm excited to talk about it, but I. I think it does track. There's something about, um, you know, kind of like giving yourself permission to go with it, instead of just trying. To, oh like, yeah. S- swim against the current.
0: Oh yeah, big, big time, big time.
1: Awesome. So, do you want to go first this week, or should I go first?
0: Let's 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 do flax. Let's do flaxy flax.
1: Okay. So I I am excited to talk about it because you know I think it was it took a long time in my life for me to realize that flax and linseed are the same thing, Um, which you know I think in a culture that's very separated from our food and where materials come from, it makes sense. But the the um, Latin name for it it's linum usitatissimum, and I I love it because. uh, Usatitissium actually means like it's like very useful or something like that. I forget the exact translation of it, um, but it's it's one of those things that it has so many uses historically that I just I cannot believe what a big deal it is. So to kind of like give you an idea of what the actual plant looks like, though, right? Because I think we all know what a flax seed looks like, but they're they're really beautiful. The flowers on them are super gorgeous. So they can get to be close to four feet tall. They have uh, slender stems. The leaves are like a glaucous green. They're lanceolate. They're you know twenty to forty millimeters long and like three millimeters across. The flowers they're like they can get up to twenty five millimeters in diameter. They have five petals, and the colors are either like white, blue, yellow, or red. And that really just, you know, depends on the species. But the blue ones are just like chef's kiss. Like, they're absolutely gorgeous. But they're, this is a plant, like I said, that has a very long, deep history. So the oldest record that we have of, like, the use of flax is actually from Georgia, where they found knotted flax fibers in a cave that dated to, drumroll please, the Upper Paleolithic era, thirty thousand years ago. Like,
0: well, you know, wow. uh, uh, they recently found out that the oldest wine was also from Georgia around around that time. So you're telling me these people had linen and wine?
1: Yeah, we gotta love the Fertile Crescent, right? So there are evidence, though, of of domesticated flax with, you know, bigger seed size. So basically they were like breeding it to make the seeds bigger um, in Syria. And there were flax fiber fragments found in Turkey, like from 9000 years ago. And we kind of see like if you track where they're finding these like, you know, these old evidences of flax use, it kind of like spreads out. So then by around 5,000 years ago, you're finding it in Switzerland and Germany uh, and China and even India. But flax was cultivated really extensively in ancient Egypt. So we all love ancient Egypt, right? We were, we were all in elementary school getting like super obsessed with mummies at one point. So temple walls had paintings of the flax uh, flowers on them. And of course, we all know, right, that mummies were embalmed using linen. So Egyptian priests also wore linen exclusively because flax is considered a symbol of purity. And Phoenicians traded Egyptian linen uh, throughout the Mediterranean. The Romans used it for their ship sales. And as the Roman empire, like empires do, steadily declined, so did uh, flax production. But There were actually laws that publicized the hygiene of linen textiles and like how healthy linseed oil is because this idea of superfoods is like not new. People have always been like, oh, this is the new thing that's going to like if you eat it, it'll save you. But because of this, uh, Charlemagne revived the crop in the 8th century and eventually Flanders was the major place in Europe where linen was created uh, by the Middle Ages. And in North America, colonists brought flax with them from Europe and it it flourished here. But by like the early 20th century, we see the rise of cotton, uh, farm wages going up. So flax becomes really concentrated to northern Russia and it ends up providing about 90 percent of the world's flax and linen output. And since then, it's kind of like sadly, flax has lost its, you know, Top dog status in the commercial crop world because, you know, there's easily available, kind of more durable fibers. But it makes sense to me to think of um, you know, flax still continues to be heavily produced in parts of Canada. And I think it has a lot to do with the type of soil that it enjoys. So this isn't a, a plant that's gonna thrive in, you know, you're like sandy, rock-filled soils. It's actually really common to find flax growing on like the edges of cranberry bogs. So it really, likes super nutrient-rich soils. So I think it makes sense to, like, when you kind of imagine it was, like, a huge deal in the Fertile Crescent uh, in particular, and then cranberry bogs. You know, it's really, like, near those super nutritive, like, edges of bodies of water that change pretty intensely with the season. So of course, like we know that flax has grown a lot for its seeds, right? So it can be ground into mil- meal. It can be uh, turned into linseed oil. You can toss those things in your fucking smoothies. Like I feel like everyone has had a smoothie with flax in it, right? Um, it also goes like really well on breads and things. But linseed oil is not only used as like a nutritional supplement, but it's it's an ingredient in a lot of wood finishing products, and also. Um, to add to, like, things like paint, you know, to help with, like, paint drying. So, flax fibers, though, are taken from the, like, the flax fibers that are taken from the stem uh, are two to three times as strong as cotton fibers. And the cool thing about flax fibers is they're actually, like, naturally smooth and straight. So, that's why it was, you know, linen was the plant-based cloth until, you know, like, the 1800s when cotton kind of overtook things. Um, but flax seeds themselves, uh, they're, they come in either like brown or golden varieties. Most of them actually have like really similar nutritional characteristics. You know, you're getting those short chain omega-3 fatty acids. Um, you're getting obviously a lot of fiber. I think anyone who's ever dealt with digestive upset knows that like flax is good for digestion. Um, <clears throat> sorry, guys. I'm like very congested. We've had like Santa Ana's blow in. And so brown flax seeds are actually, you know, they can be eaten just as readily as the yellow ones. And they have been literally for like tens of thousands of years. But for some reason, brown flax seeds have ended up being the ones that are most commonly used in like paints and fiber and cattle feed. And I I think it might just be like a human nature thing where when you look at the brown ones versus the golden ones, the golden ones to me kind of seem like almost like like red, yellow lentils. And I don't know, I'm like, that's the only thing I can think is like a human looks at that and thinks of it as like food and the brown one looks like something you feed to an animal. So uh, a hundred gram portion of ground flaxseed can actually (laughs) supply 534 kilocalories of food energy, uh, 41 grams of fat, 28 grams of fiber, and 20 grams of protein. So whole flaxseeds are chemically stable but ground flaxseed meal, because of um, you know, because it can oxidize, can go rancid when it's left exposed to room temperature air in as little as a week. So if you're keeping like ground flaxseed, you really need to refrigerate it. But under like you know good normal conditions, if it's not ground, you can actually like milled flaxseed is kind of stable against oxidization for you know nine to twelve months under you know good conditions. But again, if you are grinding your flaxseed, put that shit in the fridge. Also, same thing with nuts. I'm shocked by the number of people that don't realize how rancid like nuts can go, especially like shelled nuts. Like just put your fucking nuts in the fridge, y'all. Everyone has a refrigerator.
0: No, it I I think that's such a good point. And it's like also, I mean, with the price of those, it's like are you really about to go spend $20 on like pistachios and then not try to make sure they don't go rancid?
1: Right. Right. So one of the things that they do is like they, they'll crush the seeds to extract the oil. Right. And then they're left with this linseed meal. And that's where that like is used as feed for rabbits and fish, uh, even like with uh, like chickens and pigs. And they've even used it in, like, horse concentrate and dog food because, like, the ALA content of linseed meal, they they say it, like, softens, like, milk, eggs, and meat. Basically, it causes um, a higher unsaturated fat content, and so it, like, lowers storage time, but it, it, like, is really healthy. So that's the thing. It's, like, you have to kind of, like, weigh this right like it's gonna add a lot of like good nutritive value but it is gonna decrease your your shelf life so this is where it's just like you you know you have to just be careful about how fast like things like this can go rancid and it it's really like if you've ever smelled like rancid seeds or nuts it's not good like it's it's real rough (laughs) Anywho, so linseed meal, though, it's added to, like, cattle feed for protein supplement. uh, And again, it can only be added at, like, really low percentages because of that high fat content. But compared to, like, oilseed meal from, like, cruciferous vegetables, it actually, like, has technically lower nutrient values. But perhaps they think it's, like, maybe because of the mucilage in it, um... There's like in cattle in particular, they think that the mucilage in the flaxseed can slow the digestive process, which actually helps more time to absorb nutrients. So it's like this really weird thing where technically if you just test the food that they're using flax in for cattle, it's like got lower nutrient values. But the cows are able to extract more nutrients from it. And they think it has to do with, again, that thing with like how it slows down the, um, the digestion but they've also thought of it as potentially being like a good substitute for tallow to help increase marbling. So, you know, those of us that love meat, I'm like, I thought it was really interesting that you can potentially think about like marbling in the way that you're feeding the cattle. So flax fibers though, right? It's extracted from the bast, which is beneath the surface of the stem of the flax plant. Uh, Flax fibers themselves, they're like, soft they're flexible they kind of look like you know blonde hair that's why you'll you'll hear people described as having flaxen hair it's because flax looks like long straight blonde hair it (laughs) is stronger than the
0: flaxen haired maiden
1: oh we love a flaxen haired maiden I, i think it's interesting though that like flax fiber it's stronger than cotton but it is less elastic so you know that's That's something to just keep in mind. Your linen pants aren't your stretchy pants. They're flowy. They breathe. They're gorgeous. They don't have give. You just have to deal with it. So again, uh, there's a lot of like good health research around it, which I'm not going to super get into just because I feel like everyone knows, right? It's good for your digestion. Um, The fiber of it is like, it's a very long process. I do love like looking at pictures of like old heckles, which are the tools they use to um, thresh the flax, which is where they like remove the seeds from the rest of the plant. Look like these crazy torture devices, like they look like giant brushes made with nails, and they're quite terrifying. They've also found like some old paintings from like the fourteenth century of people making flax and like reading it. Um, redding it is like kind of weird because. It's essentially the process of helping like rot part of it to like, it's so it's it's gross. Okay, so we're gonna talk about redding. So basically, you're rotting away the inner stalk, which leaves the outer parts of it intact, and then that straw is what's left over. And then to remove the like gross rotted part, you have to break it, um, and it's it's just so gross. And then they call it scutching, where you scrape the outer straw from the fiber, and then the stems are pulled through hackles which are essentially combs that remove the straw
0: i'm actually look. I'm, I'm i'm looking at pictures of hackles and you were really spot on on the torture device but yeah here. right
1: yeah it looks like some medieval torture device shit um i also love that uh there was a whole issue with genetically modified flax contamination So in like 09, September 2009, Nick and I are freshly graduated from uh, high school. Canadian uh, flax exports had been contaminated by a deregistered genetically modified cultivar of flax called Trifid. And it had feed and food safety approval in Canada. But the problem is um, in Europe, there's a zero tolerance policy regarding unapproved genetically modified organisms. So that's why Triffid was deregistered in 2010, and it was never grown commercially in Canada or the U.S. The stores were destroyed, but all future exports and further tests uh, at the University of Saskatchewan proved that Triffid was still hanging out in at least two Canadian flax varieties, which, of course, goes on to affect future crops. So flax seed cultivars in Canada were reconstituted with Triffid-free seed used to plant the 2014 crop um and laboratories are certified to test for the presence of triffid at a level of one seed in 10,000 which i just thought was so interesting um but you know the flax flower itself it's like obviously pretty iconic it's the emblem of northern ireland which you know Uh, It appears on the reverse of the British one-pound coin to represent Northern Ireland on coins minted in 86, 91, and 2014. Um, And flax also represents Northern Ireland on the badge of the Supreme Court of the United Kingdom. Common flax itself, it's the national flower of Belarus. And there are early versions of, like, a Sleeping Beauty-style story, like uh, Sun, Moon, and uh, Talia by Basile. And in this story, the princess pricks her finger uh on a sil- on a sliver of flax, which is later sucked out by her children that were conceived as she sleeps. So, you know, we're like real problematic with uh concepts of consent in the whole sleeping beauty genre, which, you know, it's a thing. So let's let's talk about magic though, right? Uh the magical uses of it are pretty varied and interesting and i cannot wait to read y'all a few of these from the encyclopedia of magical herbs but uh it's associated with mercury fire uh the deity Hulda. flax was also used in rituals to um so Hulda is like a Teutonic goddess who is one of the goddesses who taught mortals to cultivate flax and to spin it into linen thread that can be then woven into cloth but let's talk about some of these weird magical uses of it right So there's like, obviously flax comes up a lot with money spell work, similar to mustard seed. I think plants that are really well known for their seeds, it makes sense that those end up in like abundance type stuff, right? Because you're literally planting seeds. So you can add them to like your, uh, if you have like a, if you have any sort of um, like money bowls, you can add some flax seeds to it. uh, You know, sprinkle it with some cinnamon, add some mustard seeds in there. You could also add a bit of flax in your shoe to, as the book says, quote unquote, ward off poverty. You can wear the blue flax flowers to help protect you. You know, they do have that sort of protective energy. And this is one that was like very specific. So while you sleep, you can mix equal parts flaxseed and mustard seed and place this mixture next to your bed. And on the other side of the bed, you place a pan of cold water and that's supposed to guard you while you sleep. I don't understand the deck. Di- I guess it is like kind of like a fire and water thing there, but it was just very interesting to me that you basically have to put yourself in a seed water sandwich for this protective spell. Um, alternatively, like you can think about mixing flaxseed with something like, like a red cayenne spicy pepper to do in like parts of your home for protective magic. I think that's like a great combo for under your doormat. To... <laughs> To make sure your kid grows up to be beautiful or handsome, you're supposed to let them dance among growing flax at the age of seven. Very specifically, if you do it too early or too late, your kid's going to be an uggo. But at the age of seven, they get to dance among the flax flowers. Um, of course, you can like have flaxseed on your altar, too, while you're doing healing or include it in your healing mixtures. Um, but this is this is my very favorite one. So if you suffer from dizziness, this is a somewhat drastic cure. Run naked after sunset three times through a field of flax. While you do this, the flax will take to itself your dizziness and you'll be cured. You may get a cold, but you won't be dizzy.
0: So wait, so, but now the flax is dizzy.
1: Yeah, but that's not your business, apparently. Um. So I just... I I also saw one that was, like, for protecting babies using flaxseed, which, I don't know, that feels weird to me. But that's, I mean, that's really it. I'm kind of like, this is a real notes version, y'all, because I'm like, the more I learned about flax, I was like, holy shit, there could be literally an entire podcast just dedicated to the history of, like, flax and linseed and all of the drama around it. But, you know, put some flax and some cayenne under your doormat run naked through a field of flax seed if you're dizzy and to make sure your kid doesn't turn out ugly have them at 7 years old dance in a field of flax flowers
0: is isn't that just neat no i do um i do like the uh for not ugly kids got to have them out in the flax
1: who wants ugly kids honestly
0: i mean you know it's it's all about the hot kids Right, like, gotta have. You gotta
1: send kids. him to CrossFit for kids.
0: <laughs> not the CrossFit for kids,
1: Ugh. y'all. It's real. There is a CrossFit for kids near my house. This is a. This is not actually a joke. I mean, it is a joke, but it's real.
0: God, imagine being so into CrossFit, you make your kids go to it too.
1: I'm like, it's just for fucking child actors. You know, it's just full of Disney kids over there.
0: Oh, <laughs> right, right um why does this why uh, you know to that point why does disney insist on portraying middle schoolers as like having the bodies of adults
1: yeah i don't know because i'm like (laughs) you know we once upon a time we were middle schoolers and no one looked like that
0: like no one's got abs in middle school.
1: No! Like, God, what, are your kids not doing homework? They're just going to the gym and doing crunches 24-7?
0: Yeah, Jesus. Good God. Um, but no, so, the bleakness. The, the abyss of it all. No, so actually, this idea came to me, right? I was listening to a podcast about Persephone and uh, you know, the way they were presenting it really was giving her a lot more agency as, as a character in this story, because really, if you look at it, you know, it's the story is almost never actually about her. It's about Demeter like looking for her and demanding that she be able to return. Right. And also depriving the the world of, of life and uh, fertility. Um,
1: yeah, you know, healthy.
0: Super healthy. But no, they were sort of examining it actually from Persephone's point of view and really giving her uh, this sort of agency. And also kind of being like, you know, in later stories, Persephone is queen of the underworld and like a guide to the topography of the underworld. You know, she doesn't just pout, you know, she knows. The, the layout of the underworld and can, you know, she's really the only one that can sort of let people back out of the underworld and I don't know, I just think that's such an interesting part of the story that doesn't really get told enough um was the fact that, you know, she did kind of Im- eventually embrace being the queen of the underworld and That's kind of where my head's at with this whole segment of embracing the bleakness of winter, because honestly, it's like after a hundred sunny days of hundred plus degree weather, I like that it's cloudy and I like that it's misty in the morning. And, you know, I even kind of like the more muted color palette of it all. Oh, yeah. You know, sort of like the gray peely bark from the sycamore trees, um, you know, sort of like the sages and and those kinds of colors that come from the lichens that come out in the rain, um, you know, and also I was sort of thinking about, and I'm literally just talking about color palettes here, but you know how when it doesn't rain for a really long time, and then it does, and the waters in, like, the creeks and ponds are, like, inky black. because Oh, yeah. Because they've got all the dust and stuff that's just been accumulating all summer long. Not to mention, you know, there's, like, the leaves in the water, too, which are just making, like, a little tannin stew. Um, and I, I love that as well. I'm just obsessed with the colors. Like and I'm not I'm literally not talking about like the fall leaf colors. I'm talking about like the grays, the sages, the blacks, the browns, like everything literally but the fall leaves. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like the yellows and reds of the fall leaves, but like the underlying colors are just I think so beautiful and so muted.
1: Well, I think that's like what makes the fall leaves so special, like, especially when you get, like, close to the end of fall, right? It's, like, they're kind of that, like, beautiful pop against a very grayed-out backdrop. And I, I like it. Yeah, I think you're totally right about that.
0: Well, and I was also thinking about, I mean, you know, like, where we're from, they grow a lot of uh grasses to make hay with. Yeah. Um... And then, you know, like, after they cut the hay and the fields are just that kind of, like, light, 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 tan hay color. Yeah. And then all the dead trees, you know, sort of, like, the black of, like, a dead tree. Or not a dead, but, like, dormant for the winter tree on, like, the hay field. There, There really is just something that's so nice about the fall color palette in Texas
1: yeah it is it's it's like you know it feels like everything is like this beautiful like warm like mustardy type yellow that just slowly mutes out.
0: Oh yeah. and then also like I said, I like that it's cloudy. I love being able to go outside and not feel like the sun is trying to kill me.
1: God, I mean isn't that I, the best.
0: I don't think I could live somewhere where it's like that all the time, but, like, for a few days or even a week at a time, it is pleasant. It is fierce pleasant outside.
1: Definitely agree.
0: But, uh, you know, sort of colors, colors aside, I kind of wanted to talk about sort of the attitude of fall, because I feel like in the summer... I'm a lot more concerned with what I'm wearing and how I look. And then once it's like comfort is the top priority and like, you know, staying warm as well. I It's just, it feels freeing. I feel like winter is the time where I could just look like a potato 24 seven and just not care. Yeah.
1: It's real goblin core and I'm not mad about it.
0: You know, it's just like, and I know, you know, like people who live where it actually gets cold probably have some like decently fashionable sort of cool weather clothes. But I do. I look like a potato. All of my stuff is like gray and black and tan and it's like all very muted earth tones and it's, um, it's not, it's not for fashion. I'll tell you that much.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's very practical wear.
0: It's not, it's not for the fashion of it all. But I, in a way, I, again, it's like, I love the break. I love the break. You know, it's like, I might wear like a smart outfit for like Thanksgiving, but truly at the rest of the time I'm in like baggy sweater. I love a baggy sweater. Can we talk about that?
1: Oh God, I cannot wait. I'm next weekend allegedly it's supposed to be chilly and rainy and I have my vacuum sealed bags of sweaters under my bed that I'm going to be pulling out
0: and you know and I love that for you because literally I'm like I would wear like just a body sized sweater as an outfit
1: oh yeah I mean I have like I literally have one of my favorite things to wear this time of year is I have a hoodie dress and it is just oh. a big ass baggy hoodie that's long enough that it hits like mid thigh, and it's perfect for like that this like L.A. transitional fall time where like it is seventy five during the day and fifty five after the sun goes down.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah! You bet you gotta you gotta get your fireplace ready.
1: Oh right,
0: but no, I um. I do. I, I love just being comfy, cozy, and just truly not giving a shit. Like, that's the funnest part, is just not giving a fuck. I have some truly horrendous flannel shirts, and I I will keep them oh as God, long as they are comfy. Flannel,
1: I have a flannel shirt that I love that I kid you not, I bought, I think, sophomore year of college from the urban outfitters near ut and because it's so old it is just the softest thing i own
0: right and it's like i feel like i buy stuff like that because it's ugly
1: oh yeah i'm not trying to be cute i'm trying to be comfy and it, it is i think you're right i think it's um I think that's also why it feels to me like a more magical time of the year it's because like my brain is not worried about being cute like i get to turn off a giant portion of stuff i worry about for part of the year because i'm like no nah, I'm, I'm comfortable and warm
0: well and speaking it speaking of that too i mean i also am like leaning into just like eastern european food you know your your stroganoff's your your paprikashes. I've been craving um, stuffed cabbage.
1: Ooh. Well, that's why I sent you on Instagram the other day that recipe for, like, basically, like, it's like a pickle-style soup, but it's very Polish.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, no, but I'm just, like, all of that food is, like, half butter by by volume, and you know it's all got like a shit ton of sour cream in it and it's it's it all kind of is the same color and I yeah and, and it's I, all got like I, beige and and I say that with so much love because I literally love that kind of food but it's like it's not for the Instagram it is not for the Instagram it is literally just like kind of ugly food it and I literally I said this when I was trying to take pictures of my chicken paprikash i was like eastern european food just isn't cunty the way that like french food or like italian food can be really gorgeous on the plate sometimes it's like but it literally can you imagine someone's like little old grandma like (laughs) trying to like take photos for instagram of their of their like stroganoff it's like no it's literally come in from the cold, have something with mushrooms and sour cream in it, and like just eat. Just fucking eat. It's not about the Instagram. It's about getting your daily intake of butter.
1: It's survival.
0: Um Oh my gosh. No. I but literally I'm like I I do. I love it. it. It is kind of giving, like, Baba Yaga energy, though.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, you know, I think we kind of come around to this every year, where it's like, winter is Baba Yaga time.
1: Yeah, I love the crone energy.
0: Me too. Me too. And I'm just like, Literally, let me let me move to a cabin in the middle of the woods, and I will just be making ugly food and wearing ugly sweaters all the all day long, all the time.
1: God, that sounds like the dream.
0: I'm just not giving a thought to wit, To wit, I will say, I have been sort of weaning myself off of the Instagram. But someone did bring up kind of what I thought was a good idea, which is literally making an Instagram for stuff that is good for you, if that makes sense. Like, no thirst traps, no no bullshit, just like, you know, following some, like, witchy creators that you like, maybe even following, like, brands that you like.
1: And I feel just, like I've been really, like, curating my own Instagram because, y'all, I don't post for shit. Y'all know this. Um, but I because I've been sending you so many recipes, Nick, I'm like, the soup content has really skyrocketed and I'm living for it.
0: See, that's that's, I think, what's killing me is that I've broken my algorithm in such a way that I just, I don't think it can be repaired. So I I kind of just need to like blank slate it just for my feed. Like I'll keep my one with my actual friends on it for messaging, etc. but like as far as like what I'm putting into my brain, I need I need to make a new one so I can get that algorithm in shape.
1: You need a and I feel Instagram. This,
0: and I and I I need a soupstagram and I also just need to get rid of fucking TikTok. Can we, can we actually just talk for a minute? And I think this time of year is truly the time of year to talk about it. Where it's like, if you're not going outside and you fall into that TikTok hole, you could be in there for four or five hours. And at that point, God, you I are just, that. you are just like melting your brain cells. And I can feel it. I can feel feel my attention span slipping away from me like the more I watch like 20 second clips of Grey's Anatomy it's like I can't even imagine watching a whole episode of Grey's Anatomy
1: yeah you gotta get off of there I I don't I don't have TikTok and I had one for like five minutes and honestly yeah I I just like knew for me that I was like this isn't gonna be good
0: no, and it's just like everything that's everything that gets popular on TikTok eventually finds its way everywhere else anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'll end up on my for you page if it's meant for me.
0: But also, yeah, it's like I you just it's I feel like it's just so bad for me to be spending that much time on my phone. And you know, I was a holdout on smartphones.
1: You were. You were. Y'all, Nick, like, was very, very, like, held out for a long time.
0: For my mental health. And then now that I've got one, I'm, like, literally, this thing is melting my brain. I can feel it happening.
1: Well, this seems like a perfect time of year to fix that.
0: Well, exactly. Because I'm, like, again, lean into the bleakness. Like, you shouldn't need 24-7 distractions what, because it's a little colder and a little darker? I mean, seasonal depression is a thing. And actually, I'm kind of like, this might be the year I get I get the light.
1: I, I think you probably ought to. I say this as someone who loves you and has known you for a long time. I think it'd be good for you.
0: I think this is the year I get the light, or at least get some replacement light bulbs or something. Yeah. Um, some something some of those like turtle light bulbs or something like
1: <clears throat> I'm, i think i'm gonna have to have eric turn down their game can you hear that i cannot okay i but like also, I, i'm like listening to eric's game in my headphones right now
0: but also um i mean oliver has been meowing at me like Pretty much every five minutes for this whole recording, and yeah, I've been tr- he just wants to be a part of it. And I've been trying to mute the microphone at the right times, but um, I feel like one or two may have slipped in there. You know what, though, I just have to say. I mean, speaking of the crone energy of Fallen Winter, I love having two robust cats. Oh yeah, um, you've
1: got good cats. Like,
0: they're good kitties. They are really good kitties. And it's like, but I mean, they're both, again, very, very robust kitties. And to have one on each side, like armrests, feels witchy as fuck. Like, I feel like I would look intimidating if I was, you know, like a Bond villain or something. Like, you know, I just have a cat on the each hand.
1: Yeah, I felt a little like like a witchy cat master this morning because Hex, like, crawled up and wanted to be held like a baby.
0: Oh. And so I was just,
1: like, holding him and eating breakfast with the other hand. And he was just, like, licking my face but then purring and loving me. And I was like, oh, my God. This is my familiar.
0: Oh, I, no. Faye I, does that sometimes, too. and I'm Maybe it's a black cat thing, but they really are just, like, babies.
1: He's so... Shanae.
0: And I'm here for it because honest, honestly, it's like, it's like having that waiting for you when you get home is, you know, it's like taking the time to appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Who needs a spouse when you have a pet?
0: Right. Like who needs a boyfriend? Hello, I've got cats. So I'm pretty much set
1: they're never gonna leave their socks out of the laundry hamper
0: girl talk about that talk about that <laughs> honestly but oh, wait y'all don't have y'all don't have laundry in your unit do you
1: nope
0: see it's no. like sometimes I feel like that is better I feel I, I don't know I feel like you let yourself be lazy about a lot of stuff when it's just right there you know what i mean
1: yeah but you know we did get our best the best like 75 dollars i ever spent we got this really fancy metal like cart on wheels for doing laundry and it's a game changer
0: oh like to push your laundry over to the laundry room
1: yeah it's got like off-roading style like really nice wheels on it oh yeah it's so good
0: But yeah, no, I do I do feel I do feel like this is absolutely like shadow work season. I uh I really 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 want to get my journaling practice back into gear. And I might just start journaling like tarot readings. I feel like that's a good way to just have something to start writing about every
1: day. Well, you know, that's what Eric does. And Eric's journal practice is way better than mine. But every morning they sit at the table with coffee and draw tarot cards for the day and then journal.
0: See, maybe that's maybe that's the move. I also have been wanting to up my game on like my hot beverage practice. I feel like last episode I was talking about. I want to get I want to get some herbal teas. Still have yet to decide on one. Although I might just buy a big ass bag of chamomile. And some accoutrement, and just mix it up a little bit every day.
1: I feel like that's a great way to start.
0: You know, just get some chamomile, some mint, maybe some dry elderberries and just kind of mix and match depending on my mood.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to get my elderberries in again because I can just feel that it's cold and flu season. Because we, you know, we had the really bad Santa Ana's come through and it was like 15% humidity. Everything's staticky. But then it also makes you super congested because the wind is blowing like not so crazy balls. And I'm feeling like I might have a bit of a head cold today, but I it could also just be um, anyone who's ever gotten tattooed for a significant amount of time knows about tattoo flu. And I think I've got a little bit of that today.
0: Ooh, yeah. Yeah, bitch. When your
1: body's just like, excuse me, how dare you?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, your skin is the um it it is part of your immune system
1: yeah yeah and getting your underarm area tattooed for four and a half hours is brutal
0: well and you know i i'm pretty sure there's like a big lymph node right around there so you might
1: have
0: you might have knocked loose some of your lymph node juices too
1: Oh, I mean, all my juices are fucked up today. <laughs> but on that note, though, I did, so I drew a tarot scope. Do we want to talk about tarot?
0: Oh my god, yeah.
1: Okay, so speaking of, like, embracing the magic, I got Gemini, which is funny because suddenly my life is full of Gemini's. Um, But for y'all, I actually, so I'm using my fairy oracle deck, and I drew manifestation. Which I think this is also a really good time of year to think about manifestation because it is such a, like, it's like very planning friendly. So I think it's a good time to get clear about what you want. And that's really what this like card is about in the deck. It's about being like honest with yourself, being very clear and specific about what you want in your life. And then like actually writing it down to manifest it. Right. So I think that one of the things that I really like the most out of this though, is the suggestion. Obviously you want to write down what you want, but the, in here it says like i wish to manifest whatever your dream is or something better in my life. Oh. And i think
0: that's
1: right? That exactly. I read that and i was like, oh. Okay. Sure. I'm yeah. loving
0: or something better. That or just blew that just blew better. my mind a little bit.
1: I'm glad because it did mine too. I was like, why the fuck have i not thought about that?
0: Like literally the game has been changed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or as
0: or so, as they say on Love Island, a hot new bombshell has entered the villa.
1: <laughs> well, um, enjoy that hot new bombshell, Geminis, but also everyone else, because or something better, I think, has genuinely like at my core changed my manifestation game.
0: Or something better it's like the yes and of manifesting like pop off fairy oracle that's yeah. so good
1: i love it thanks karen k um so that's it though i feel like we're coming up on yeah we're coming up on 51 minutes like this was a good yeah, one i love you the know, idea of um,
0: into abyss. oh my god well and you know i j- just to kind of circle back around to that too i feel like with I mean, you know, it's been kind of, like, a personal thing, but, like, with the stuff going on with my mom, um, yeah. I, I, I've quite kind of realized that I have been pushing a lot of stuff down. And it's like, oh, no, we can't be doing that and having the seasonal depression. So it's like, maybe it's just time to lean into it.
1: But I think that's the awesome thing about, like, growing up right and like i feel like you and i kind of talked about this recently it's like this idea of how we've um kind of exited the maiden phase of our life and that's something that i i think i've seen in both of us more and more is like recognizing problems before they explode and it's Mm. awesome
0: no it's it it is and it's you know it feels like a step in a healthy direction
1: yeah yeah. But also I mean I don't do I don't if you're like miserable.
0: But I mean kind of on the other side of the coin, uh I am going to be absolutely insufferable planning our trip. Um uh, now that now that that's actually s-
1: happening. I'm so excited. Eric and I are both like getting our applications together for our passports to like make sure we have plenty of time. Um my boss was great about it when I asked for the time off. She was like, oh, my God, yeah. I was like, yay, thanks. So I'm excited. I'm really excited about it.
0: So, yeah, it's good. But
1: yeah, I feel like
0: having a little something like that to get you through the winter is also, um, it's, it's a needed thing.
1: Yeah, on the other side of this, it's our Mexico trip. So. Yeah. You know, so, infinity pool overlooking the
0: ocean. Infinity pool overlooking the ocean. I mean, say less. Um <laughs> but no. But no, I do I I do I think it's important to have something to look forward to. Like I think that's the addictive part of of traveling. It's it's not actually the traveling. It's um just having something to look forward to.
1: I mean, I think that's like ninety percent of the fun of trips, right? Is like the anticipation.
0: Oh yeah, it's like I see you shiver with anticipation. Patient. Um. Okay. Well, on that note, what do we say to all these bleak bitches just careening into the abyss?
1: Ah, uh, to all of our bleak bitches, blessed be bitches.
0: Blessed be, bitches. Goodbye. Bye now.
1: After this, I've got to take a shower and like actually put tegaderm on my tattoo. So the tattoo shop I go to switched to doing this thing because I've been doing tegaderm healing, which is great. But now they're saying for the first like twelve hours or so, they they've been putting these like. Um, little pads on there to like soak up all the initial like ink that leaches out but as a result I feel like I'm like packed like a fucking pork chop
0: oh no not the pork chop (laughs)
1: because it's like that's like what the like little um absorb absorbing pads are it's like it's like the things in packages of meat
0: (laughs) oh oh I see I see yeah the little blood (laughs) the little uh pork chop cotex